Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back with another great episode for y'all. In the past, when I talked about gangs, it would be in a general way, but today I'm going to get a little bit specific and show you and demonstrate to you how gangs take over an area, right? But before I get into the episode, I want to thank everybody for your support. I really appreciate that. Keep it up. You know what I'm saying? Share my episode with as many friends as you can. I'm trying to get those numbers up, y'all. Appreciate you. Now, let me get back to the show. Now, how do gangs take over an area, right? Most people that are not part of a gang don't really understand how that works, but I was for several years, and we actually do sit down and discuss these types of things. I mean, it's not important to most people, but it was to uh, those of us in the gang that I was representing anyway. And so, let me just get straight to it. When you're trying to take over an area, right, it's usually for a specific reason. You want to use that area for whatever your gang wanted to use it for. Like whether you're trying to take over a phone in a pod, a shower in a pod, or a whole area where, you know, other inmates might congregate, right? But in this situation, I'm going to be talking about just taking over a space, not like a phone or a shower, okay? And it, it works in two ways, right? You'll usually have the person that represents the organization that is more clean cut, mal-mannered and, and proper in far as, you know, being able to get along with people, right? This individual will be used to go and befriend the people that are in charge, the people in the administration, right? Because he knows how to talk to them. He knows the lingo. He knows how to say yes, sir, and no, sir, in the right way so that you can, they can, they'll lower their guard when it comes to him, right? Now, on the back end of that, he would still be involved, but other gang members, other brothers of his, what they would do is then they would push against the, the, the compound, the guys that are in prison with them. And what they would do is let them know, look, this area is off limits to you, 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 and you. You can't come in here. And if you do come into this area, it's going to be consequences, and that's physical consequences. Sometimes it would be financial consequences. Either way, the, the point of it is to make sure that these individuals knew that there was going to be a price to pay if they came in this area. And most of the time, it works. Now, I'm going to give you an example of something that I just, I was able to observe a few days ago, right? How this played itself out and how people around, none of these people around me could connect the dots. And I was just observing the scene and I saw all of this taking place, right? And I'm going to tell you this part of how I ended up pulled into that mentally, right? So I'm watching these guys, you know, I work in the gym. I told everybody that. I'm watching these guys do what they do, right? These gangs, they're having their little meetings and so on and so forth, right? Trying to be slick. Ain't nobody slick, though. But trying to be slick. And they were discussing different business. I can't tell you what they were discussing, but I'm looking in the area and I see what they're doing and whatnot. And they look back at me. And in that moment, I felt a certain way. It's almost like, the person that looked at me and me looking at him, it's almost like we had a mental connection. And it was the weirdest, strangest feeling because it made me feel uncomfortable. And it was like this person that was looking at me was a gang member. He was They were in there having a gang meeting. When he looked at me, it was almost like his mind was speaking to my mind, telling me that not to say anything. It was almost like he was expecting me to keep my mouth shut about whatever they had going on over there, right? And I felt uncomfortable with that. Why is that? Why did I feel uncomfortable? Because I've changed my life. And I see what's going on over here in the corner, and now I'm conflicted. 
do I say something to it about, about this to my supervisor or do I not? Do I say something to my supervisor or do I not? You know what I mean? So I played it out. I just waited to see what was going to happen. And after about 20 or 30 minutes, they dispersed and went their separate ways. But I'm still watching a few of them and whatnot. And they'll walk by me and they'll give me that look. You know what I'm saying? Wondering, am I going to say something? This is now. now, keep in mind, I don't know what they were talking about. I don't know what they were talking about, but I know what they were doing because I used to live that lifestyle. So a few minutes later, I see these individuals and they go into uh, an area in the, in, in the gym where I work at, right? And I'm like, hmm, it's interesting. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, right, I don't know if they've commandeered this area yet, right? I don't know any of that, right? Because I'm not intimately involved in what they got going on. I was just an observer and being an observer and familiar with their lifestyle, I see the moves that are taking place here. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, a few minutes later, I get up to do the, take the trash out, right? So I'm getting ready to do my thing, getting ready to close it down for the night. I try to go into this area and lo and behold, they got two of them standing at the front door, two of them on the inside of the door and the rest of them are inside this area in the gym and and the two dudes on the outside they said hold up hold up joe you can't go in there yet right now i look at these two fools and i like get the f out my way i work in here i'm not gonna be putting up with all of this here man y'all need to get out of my way right so they looked at me and, and moved to the side but they didn't really give me enough room to go in right and i'm like i know they ain't finna try me out here you know so the two that were on the inside, it's a window, right? They looked through the window and looked at me. One of them, you know, he talks to me on a regular basis. He looked through the window and then he ended up coming out. He said, everything all right, Joe? I looked back at him like, one of you know, you ever had that look when you look back at somebody like, fool, do I need to tell you what's really wrong or do you are you playing with me? I had that look on my face when I looked at him, right? So he quickly shut down whatever was going on in it, and then they came out. And as they came out, one by one, they each shot that look over there at me, right? Like, hmm, I wonder, is he going to say something? Is he going to tell it? You know what I'm saying? Is he going to snitch on us? You know what I'm saying? That's the look I was getting, right? And I'm looking back at them like, I don't care nothing about you. I don't care nothing about you. I know you don't care nothing about me. You get in my way again for me doing my job. We going to have a problem. That's the look I'm giving them, right? So over the course of a few days, I started thinking about this, right? Uh, about two days, I'm thinking about, man, you know, I left this lifestyle a long time ago. And mentally, it still weighs on me, you know, when it comes down to making decisions. And the weight of that, it was so heavy, it almost pulled me out of the type of the character that I'm, that I'm trying to display today the person that I'm trying to be today. And it made me feel sad because this evil lifestyle, this evil mindset that I used to practice, I used to be a part of, I had to admit that it still weighs on me. It's still there, you know. I thought I had pulled it up by the roots, but evidently I haven't. You know what I'm saying? Evidently I haven't. And that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on with this episode Instead of talking in general terms about how gangs are evil, I wanted to get specific and show you how this these guys, again, I don't know if they went through all the processes to take this area and claim it as theirs, 
so that they can conduct their business in there or not, but it appeared to be that way. And that's a specific way that gangs operate that you need to be aware of if you are a family member, if, you, if you're somebody that works in corrections or, or in law enforcement. The, the, the madness is a specific madness. It's not just the tattoos that you see or the gang signs that you see or the way that they stand. If you don't know what to look for, you don't know how to connect the dots. You have to, to learn to connect the dots because once that takes root, once that commandeering of that area take, takes root, once that mindset is set and they believe that that's their area, it's almost impossible to reclaim it. And when you allow them to have space, a safe haven to practice that evil, it spreads. It spreads. And I think that's one of the things that most people that are involved in trying to squash this lifestyle or interfere with people that are involved in the lifestyle, that they don't understand that. This is not just about taking pictures and identifying somebody that says that they're a gang member. This is about a mindset. This is about a mindset that corrupts a person and will make a person go to whatever heights of manipulation they have to to get what they want. And that's what happened the other night. And I wanted to share that with you because I want people to understand that if you have a child that is involved in that lifestyle, right, you need to do whatever you have to do to save them from that because they are going to be taught they're going to be brainwashed. They're going to be groomed and conditioned to believe that manipulation is good, that manipulation of anybody other than their brothers, and in some cases their brothers too, is okay. And that turns that person into somebody that represents pure evil. And the longer they stay, the deeper they get into it, the harder it's going to be for them to pull that up by the roots and shake that off. I'm still having problems with it. And I've been gone since 2008 from that lifestyle. And just think about that. Think about that, y'all. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. I just wanted to drop that on you, share that with you real quick. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace, y'all.